This is the IEEE USA Insight Podcast, Episode 22, a program featuring news, information, and updates from IEEE USA headquarters in Washington, D.C. This month, Victoria Bannon brings you a millennial moment on the job search. Chris McMains interviews Colonel Mason, and Georgia Deluto updates you on IEEE USA's first audio ebook, which is free for download. And now the news. Thank you, John, and hello, listeners. He's known as Whirly, and if you ever hear him speak, you'll definitely remember him. He's not your typical IEEE senior member. He says what's on his mind and isn't afraid to compliment or criticize anything or anyone. In his professional life, Whirly, a.k.a. William Hurley, is one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the country. From July 2015 to March 2016, he sold three companies that he either founded or co-founded, Chaotic Moon, Team Chaos, and Honest Dollar. Chaotic Moon, an advanced creative digital studio whose clients include Disney, Marvel, and Pixar, was sold to Accenture. Zigna purchased Team Chaos, a digital games development company. Honest Dollar, which helps small and medium-sized companies offer their employees 401k alternatives, was sold to Goldman Sachs. The global investment banking, management, and securities firm not only bought the business, it hired Worley as a managing director to lead it. So the Austin, Texas resident now finds himself jetting back and forth to New York. Worley's achievements were recognized April 1st at the IEEE USA Award Ceremony during Region 3's Southeast Con in Concord, North Carolina. Worley was honored with the IEEE USA Entrepreneur Achievement Award for Leadership in Entrepreneurial Spirit. Worley is also a humanitarian who in 2016 worked with the United Nations to launch Equals. This gender equality partnership seeks to increase the amount of women working in STEM fields. By 2030, it aims to double their numbers in technology and digital entrepreneurship. Worley was unable to attend the awards dinner because he and his wife Pamela already had plans to be in Paris. Now, as much as I like North Carolina, I think I would choose Paris, too. Worley will be presented his plaque at another time. The IEEE USA New Faces of Engineering were announced April 5th. Once again, two distinguished IEEE members were honored. Caitlin Brinker, an electrical and computer engineering major at the Missouri University of Science and Technology, is the college edition winner. Caitlin carries a 3.92 GPA and has throughout college worked on the Missouri S&T Mars Rover design team. She is also a peer writing consultant in the university's writing center. After she gets her master's degree, she plans to work in space technology and inspire others to pursue STEM careers. Aaron Young was chosen as IEEE USA's professional edition new face. This program honors engineers under 30. Young is a biomedical engineer who works as an assistant professor at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. His research focuses on control systems for robotic exoskeletons and prostheses. He said one of his greatest achievements was creating robotic assistive devices capable of real-world ambulation. 
It was in a robotic design course that he became interested in becoming an engineer. Congratulations, Caitlin and Aaron, IEEE USA's 2017 New Faces of Engineering. I'm Victoria Bannon, and this is Millennial Moment, a monthly segment where I take on aspects of millennial professional life and give guidance and tips. The topic for this week is not giving up on the job search. I was recently in the job hunt myself. I'd been working at the same place since I graduated from undergrad early. 18 months later, I had a master's degree and a whole lot of job applications. I'd never been out on an official job hunt before, being that I had taken the first office job that I could get to get through graduate school with something that paid. In retrospect, my job hunt took a rather long time. Six months from when I sent out my first application to when I got the job offer. I was never unemployed, but I did learn a lot about what a slog job hunting can be. I felt like giving up so many times. So I'm going to share some of the things that I learned on my job hunt to keep myself sane and motivated on the search. The first thing I learned was don't send out millions of applications. I know it's tempting to send out your resume just to see if anybody will bite back, but you should research your companies. Make sure that your companies will meet your needs. I mean, you have to go to work every single day. Make sure it's a company that you actually like working at. And the next tip I have is broaden your horizons. While your skills may be in one specific area, you trained for something specifically in college, you can do many things if you look at your skill set. For example, I majored in English in undergrad and global affairs in grad school, but I'm working in social media right now, which seems like a big leap, but I'm actually able to do this because I can write, I can edit photos, all the things that I learned inside and outside my educational and professional experience. If you can't feel like you can't find a job in engineering, or maybe you're souring a little bit on engineering, look to your skill set outside. You can supplement your current engineering skills and find a job that works for you. Work on yourself in the meantime. If there's a novel you've been meaning to write, now is the time. But you can also you know, take classes for your master's, learn a new skill, or attend a conference. You might make some of your outside engineering dreams come true or land a job inside your field. The fourth tip I have is make a list of things that you'd like to achieve in five years time. Although this is such a cliched question that I'm sure you've answered a million times on all your interviews, ask yourself what you see when you close your eyes in five years. It's a great way to kind of evaluate the path that you're walking and see what you want to be in five years. It, you know, you don't want to just end up there. The time's going to pass anyway. And it'll give you such great direction, not to mention a great answer at your next interview. My fifth tip is to give yourself a break. In many ways, applying for jobs is more time consuming than working a job. Watch a movie, read a book, bake a cake. And on that note, talk to your friends and family. It can be so easy to cut yourself off and feel embarrassed during the job search, especially if you don't have a job and your friends do when you both have just graduated. Applying for jobs is a job, as I've said, which means that you deserve breaks just like you would during a job. And so talk to your friends, talk to them about 
about the job search, talk to them about your interests, reconnect. And who knows, in one of these off-duty conversations, you might just get a job lead. That's it for me this week on Millennial Moment. If you have a suggestion for a topic for Millennial Moment, please don't hesitate to message our Facebook page or reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. See you next time. In the IEEE USA Insight Spotlight, we bring you close up to a newsmaker or public figure with a quick one-on-one interview. This month, Chris talks to Colonel Mason, executive producer and host of the Promise of Tomorrow radio program for the Science News Radio Network. Mason has been working in print and broadcast journalism for over 50 years. He authored a book, Those Roaring Riverboat Years, and produced a video documentary on Jack Kilby, inventor of the microchip, and Rick Smalley, father of modern-day nanotechnology. Well, Colonel, thank you very much for joining me today. You and I have been friends for quite a while, working on IEEE conference promotion and, and other such things. And uh, tell me about your science news radio network. How did you start that? How did you become so interested in, in science and engineering and nanotechnology? Well, um, I am a career uh, reporter, investigative reporter, uh, Chris, as you may have heard me say on a couple of occasions. And um, I got my start in Detroit uh, years ago. Detroit's a major market. At that time, it was the fifth largest market in the country. And um, I had baptism by fire. I was, uh, my first uh, real um, difficult assignment was the Detroit riots of 1967. And uh, I could I could fill up uh, a whole hour with stories from, from the riots. But in, in short, um, the, the, the city of Detroit went up in flames. Uh, the Clinton Johnson had to send in the 101st Airborne to put it down. I was uh, pro- caught in a crossfire of police and snipers, and uh, it was a, um, a, a, pretty, uh, a pretty serious time. So uh, my career went on as an investigative reporter, and I, it, uh, oh, geez, I, I went to jail in civil uh, disobedience, and uh, I was tear guest. Uh, during the, the Kent State uh, uh, that, that occurred. I was in College Park, Maryland at the time, not in Kent State, but it went up too with demonstrations. And over the years, uh, with prison reform and putting uh, people in uh, prison, uh, public officials, the uh, director of the convention center in St. Louis uh, was one and, 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 and many others. And um, as you probably have figured out by now, I'm an old timer. So... Not too long ago, I thought it might be safer to quit being an investigative reporter and to concentrate on science news. And um, that's uh, that's how I, I uh, happened to start the Science News uh, Radio Network. And uh, the first uh, coverage that we gave was to nanotechnology conferences that were going on in Dallas at that particular time. Uh, this was uh, 2006, 2007, and 2008. And nanotechnology became uh, a fascinating thing for me. And, of course, that led to other, uh, other science. Um, homeland security right now is a, a big interest. Uh, energy has been a big interest. Um, and, of course, there's a general show that IEEE puts on every year called Metrocon. been doing that now for 30 years. And uh, it is a general science uh, show, uh, largely sponsored by Lockheed Martin. And uh, so... I'm going on and on and on, but you may have. Mm-hmm. Well, you you get such uh, 
you get some really good guests on your show, and you know I love the way you speak to them and draw out some really good stories from them. And do you do you pretty much consider yourself a storyteller? Oh yeah, I think that goes back in the family. My my father and my mother were classic storytellers, and I grew up with with stories. And uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I I I appreciate a good story. In fact, as I would have to say, if you're asking me personally, the thing that annoys me most about a movie or a TV show or something is when the story falls apart. You know, I like to look at the, the, the editing, and I like to look at the uh, directing, and I like to look at the acting, and I like to look at the, uh, the photography, and all that is really super important. But, you know, if the story doesn't work, uh, it is. It, it just to me is just ruins everything. So I always look for a good story. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I know most of the work you do is on radio, but you did produce a video by the name of "The Promise of Tomorrow," which uh, you know I should have said earlier that is the name of your of your radio show, "The Promise of Tomorrow" with Colonel Mason. But you also produce that video. On uh, on Jack Kilby uh, and Richard Smalley, could you tell us uh, about that? How how exciting was that to work with two Nobel laureates and uh, pioneers in in the science and technology world? That was absolutely incredible. And there is an untold story that uh, is a little delicate. That we've kind of uh, kept in the background, and uh, I can I can give you some sort of a briefing here when I get through explaining about the, or answering your question. But um, in 2006, uh, there was a big nanotechnology conference produced at the Dallas Convention Center. It was the largest at the time, and um, and uh, uh, oh gee, uh, uh, Prince Andrew came from London to attend the show. Uh, uh, Rick Perry, who was governor at that time, attended. Uh, Tadaki Sasani uh, from uh, Japan, uh, who was who'd been with Sharp for Corporation uh, in, his, in his 90s, showed up. We had, uh, oh, well, the Secret Service, this was there, the FBI and everything else. We had quite a, quite a time. And um, we dedicated the, uh, the show to Rick Smalley, who, of course, led, uh, he was the pioneer for the modern nanotechnology um, era that we're in right at the moment. He and uh, Jack Kilby, who, uh, of course, is the father of uh, the integrated circuit uh, from Texas Instruments, um, these guys were pioneers and Nobel laureates, and they died within about three months of each other. And we had wanted them to be guests of honor at the, at the show, and, of course, uh, that didn't occur. So we decided instead to do a tribute to Kilby and Smalley, and that uh, led us to interview... Um, incredible people. Uh, Jerry Merriman uh, worked for Kilby. He developed, he and Kilby developed the uh, the handheld calculator. And his telling about the development of the handheld calculator and how difficult it was at that particular time was a fascinating story. And then we traveled to um, to Houston to Rice University uh, to interview people that had worked with Rick Smalley. And this was only three months after Smalley had died, very unexpectedly, mm-hmm. prematurely. And it was so poignant because these things, emotions were still raw 
I mean, we interviewed his widow. We interviewed uh, the uh, you know the director of the nanotechnology center at Rice, where uh, incidentally the, uh, the the Buckminster Fullerene was uh, was discovered, and were, which led to his Nobel uh, Nobel Prize. And we uh, we interviewed uh, 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 Bob Curl uh, and others who had uh, uh, shared the, the the prize with him, and all the uh, the research that went into that. Smalley was a fascinating, fascinating person. He was a ladies' man, uh, which is interesting because, um, as many of his friends explained, that is not what you expect from a scientist. Mm-hmm. But he was certainly a uh, an incredible uh, individual and uh, uh, a great speaker. And that that video, you know, I, uh, you sent me a copy of it, and uh, and it was it was very good. I greatly enjoyed it. Have you have you thought about doing any other videos, or are you pretty much sticking with radio? Well, you know, uh, I've done no, numerous videos from time to time, and uh, 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 a lot of them in structural videos. And of course, being a talent, I've appeared in videos, uh, IBM and other structural videos, and those, those sorts of things. Nothing. On a, on a par with the promise of tomorrow on, uh, on Kilby and, and Smalley. Um, video is, uh, is interesting in that you're really raw. You know, you've got, uh, you've got, you've, you've got a, a picture and you have to fill that picture with something. And, uh, it isn't easy to do radio. <laughs> you can create all sorts of illusions with, with radio with sound effects and with uh, uh, all the other things. And, it, 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 you know, it's called the, the theater of the mind. And you can, you can create wars and aircraft and, uh, oh, geez, tornadoes and, and uh, volcanic eruptions. And you can put people any place you want to do it with, the, with audio. And I've studied that over the years. It's, it's interesting because I knew uh, a lot of the people at WXYZ in Detroit back when I was... Uh, starting out in my career, then WXYZ in Detroit uh, was, was big with the Lone Ranger and the Green Hornet and some of the other radio shows. And I learned um, the spirit, you know, the, the theater of the mind from some of the real masters, these people that actually appeared in the old Lone Ranger radio stuff. Now, I'm probably talking about stuff that maybe of your people that are listening to this don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, the, the golden age of radio was so fascinating because everything had to be created on the set, and the sound effects, you know, to get thunder, we had a big, good, big tin, sheet of tin, and we'd, we'd uh, wrinkle the tin, and, the, and it sounded like thunder, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and horses' hoofs, you know, we would have to uh, create the, the horses' hoofs, and, you know, that sort of thing, to mm-hmm. make it sound like uh, uh, you're, you're someplace, and the mind will take over, and actually create in your brain, uh, the the very thing that you want to create was just the suggestions of the sound effects. So I'm real partial to radio. Yep, yep, and it is uh, known as our most visual medium in the sense that the listener has to create the images in his or her mind. Yeah, and the mind does it uh, really voluntarily. It's a it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The theater of the mind. Some of the masters of it have been. Uh, uh, really, uh, uh, Stan Freeberg, you know, I, I don't know if that brings it to all the people, but he's producing incredible theater of the mind stuff. And, um, 
so you know, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a real real deal. And if you ever listen to the the, the radio program, I guess you do from time to time. You hear we have uh, you know the fountain of useless information we keep on the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it sounds very real. Uh, we've got the den of strangers where we can hear the doors unlocking and going into this this den of areas where there are people. And I've had so many people ask me if they could tour the uh, tour the station. You know, well the station doesn't exist. The, the station's all theater of the mind. It's all made up. It's all created from sound and. And those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, your show comes from the the Dallas, Texas area. And it's available at www.promiseoftomorrow.biz. And uh, how can uh, people? Obviously, they can go to your website and and hear it on archive. And uh, can some people actually? They can hear it on radio programs around the world. Correct. Yeah, it is provided to radio stations free of charge because it's non-commercial, and they pick it up as they please. It's uh, distributed uh, through uh, file transfer protocol, uh, FTP. Um, and somebody wants uh, a, a mind tour of the station. Uh, go to the website, and on the right-hand side of your screen, you'll see station, you know, um, a studio tour. Mm-hmm. And click on the studio tour, and it will. Uh, It'll take you right through the the, the whole uh, you know the whole studio tour. Of course, it's all fabricated. It's all you know theater of the mind, but it uh, it it's, it it carries the spirit of uh, of the excitement of uh, of audio. Well, Colonel, it's been fantastic speaking with you. Uh, I know you're usually on the other end. You're the one <laughs> asking questions. Uh, so thank you for giving me this opportunity to draw out some of these fascinating stories of yours. Uh, you know, we, you and I, like I say, we go back a number of years now and, you know, I consider you a good friend and, and I was really happy, you know, back in 2011, you received an IEEE USA Journalism Award and you certainly were well-deserving of that and many other awards. Yeah, 2011, it was the AAES Journalism Award. In 2010, it was the IEEE USA Literary Award. And I have both awards hanging on the wall, and I'm quite proud of it. And uh, so uh, I, I certainly do uh, appreciate that. And, uh, uh, yeah, you're, you're right about being the other side of the interview. I was telling some, some radio friends. I said, I said I'm going to be I'm going to be interviewed. IEEE USA is going to interview me, and I said, you know, that's that's a complete change for me. And of course, they're laughing. And I said, you know, what's really funny is I said when I'm going to interview people, they tell me oftentimes they're nervous because they don't know what to expect. And I hadn't realized that that can be that way. I'm a little nervous because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Well. Uh, I don't think any uh, I don't detect any nervousness on your part and uh, I've greatly enjoyed this and I hope we can do it again sometime so thank you very much Colonel please keep up the great work promoting science technology engineering mathematics uh, it's so important for our for our nation and for our world well Chris you're right you and I have become close friends and I really have always admired your work and I must say that when you get me some of your press releases that you're having out from my USA, 
uh, many of, of many times that are very very handy that leads me in, in, in wonderful directions and I've appreciated lifting the quotes oftentimes from the different people that you're quoting uh, in those press releases so please keep them coming um, and uh, it's, it's wonderful to be getting press releases from so many different quarters I got one uh, as a matter of fact um, was it uh, I guess uh, uh, late last week from Yoka um, Okayama University in Japan, researchers at the university are reporting in scientific reports successful tooth regeneration in a large animal, namely a dog. And what they have uh, done is they've uh, uh, transplanted a, a bioengineered tooth germ into this dog, and uh, it restored the loss of the tooth. The, the, He's re actually regenerating the, the lost tooth. Well, if it can be done with dogs, we have that to look forward to with humans. And so I, I love these, these science things that come my way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, definitely the, the fascinating world of science. So thank you very much, Colonel, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Thanks, Chris. Enjoyed being with you. Okay, thank you. And now here are some updates on IEEE USA eBooks and the IEEE USA conference calendar. IEEE USA's first audio ebook is now available free for a limited time only. Now you can listen to the award-winning Staying Sharp Volume 1, Tips for Staying Sharp Inside Your Company, on audio. Get your free gift at shop.ieeeusa.org. In the new IEEE USA Women in Engineering ebook number 14, Becoming an Engineer Accidentally, Cisco CTO Monique Morrow relates her inspiring career story. Morrow's journey is a remarkable example of applying her core skills to a successful career, combining her undergraduate studies at San Jose State University to be a career diplomat with engineering. Diplomacy is critical in setting technology policy, and people who have worked with this internationally known and respected technology innovator agree that her diplomacy talents set her apart. Currently Chief Technology Officer Evangelist for Cisco Systems, New Frontiers Development and Engineering, Morrow's ebook doesn't focus just on looking back. As one of Cisco's futurists, Morrow is excited about what lies ahead, and she is passionate about working with a humanitarian purpose. This is what makes me get out of bed every morning, she writes, knowing that I can use technology to change the world. Becoming an Engineer Accidentally, and all 13 of the preceding volumes in this series are available at shop.ieeeusa.org at the IEEE member price of $7.99. Non-members can purchase the volume for $9.99 each. And looking at the IEEE USA conference calendar, be sure to schedule in the IEEE's 44th Photovoltaic Specialist Conference in Washington, D.C. on the 25th through 30th of June. The program will be divided into 12 areas, covering cutting-edge developments in science and engineering of photovoltaics, ranging from fundamentals to applications, with an emphasis on material science devices, systems, solar resources, and policy-related matters. Also try to make it to the Windy City for the IEEE Power and Ener Energy Society General Meeting on the 16th through 20th of July in Chicago. With the theme of energizing a more secure, resilient, and adaptable grid, PES 2017 will offer tutorials and plain talk courses to increase your understanding of the electric power system, how it operates, and how it is evolving. For more information on upcoming conferences and to register, go to IEEEUSA.org conferences. Don't miss these great opportunities. I'm Georgia Stelludo for IEEE USA. Now through May 15th, 
IEEE members can download a free copy of Developing Your People, Common Sense Leadership in the Workplace, Volume 1, Key Skills Employees Will Need. This offer from IEEE USA eBooks will help employers and managers equip their people with the right support, tools, information, and leadership skills they will need to make a difference in the global marketplace. You can get your copy by going to the IEEE USA shop site and using promo code APRILFREE17. That's A-P-R-I-L-F-R-E-E-1-7. A complimentary ebook download is available each month to every IEEE member. About 200 ebook titles are available on our shop site, shop.ieeeusa.org. Invitations to participate in the IEEE USA Salary and Benefits Survey go out in mid-April. Members who complete the survey are entitled to five free uses of the IEEE USA Salary Calculator. The final report helps employers and employees benchmark their salaries against other professionals in IEEE's fields of interest. That's all for today's podcast. I'm Chris McMains in beautiful Washington, D.C. Wherever you are, I hope you and your family are having a wonderful day. This has been the IEEE USA Insight Podcast. Join us again next month as we take a look at news, information, and updates from IEEE USA. If you have feedback you'd like to share, please connect with us by commenting on our IEEE USA Insight article. Send us email at insightpodcast at IEEEUSA.org. Visit Facebook at facebook.com slash IEEEUSA or Twitter at IEEEUSA. I'm John Yuglenski. Thanks for tuning in.